0: Hey everyone! How are you all? Uh, I'm really hyper right now because I just had some tea and I'm trying to record this and you know I thought it'd be really cool to start asking all of you guys to send me screenshots of you listening to the podcast. A lot of you are already doing it on Insta stories or just sending me uh, a picture on Instagram or tagging me in it and I love it. I It makes me so happy to be able to see that you're listening or that this podcast is somehow providing some sort of value into your life. It makes me so happy. One thing we are going to start to do is take listener questions. I know that a lot of you already send me questions through Instagram or Twitter or uh, via email but we would love to hear from you and we would love to actually have you on the show. And you can send us questions about anything, yoga, meditation, uh, coaching. If you have a question for me or one of our past guests, email us and let us know. And maybe we can have you on the show. It'd be so much fun. You can email info at radicallyloved.com Or you can send me a screenshot or a message at Rosie Acosta on Instagram uh, or Twitter, either or. But we would love to hear from you. And again, deepest gratitude. You are radically loved. And let's just love on each other all the time. (laughs) So thank you so much for listening. Hey, guys. Most of you know that I'm a certified holistic health coach. I am such a fan of eating organic, clean foods and putting the best products in my system, on my body, and because I was not like that before. (laughs) I I didn't grow up knowing about organic food or eating clean or using products that didn't have any parabens in them or non-sulfates and you know, all these different toxins that are out that damage us internally and externally. I grew up uh, just eating whatever I could and fast food and, and pretty much eating like shit most of the time. So now that I have more knowledge and more awareness and there's more products out there that provide that type of uh, value, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful that I have access to them. I recently became a partner with thrivemarket.com and I started getting all of my supplements from there. So a lot of the times we can't get all of our nutrition from food and it really depends on everyone, right? It's about bioindividuality. One person's food is another person's poison. And so for some of us, some food doesn't make it bioavailable for us to really take in all of the nutrients, so we need to supplement. And I love all kinds of different brands uh, from Jaro Formulas to Organic India, there's Mega Food, there's Garden of Life, New Chapter, and so on. There's so many uh, really great supplement companies out there. And what I really love is not only the fact that I can get them on Thrive Market now at a discounted price. I know that Thrive Market has done the research on these companies and they're only going to provide what they feel suits their standards the best. I really love the fact that having a partnership and a membership with them helps provide for a family in need. So with every membership you get, you give the opportunity to somebody who's less fortunate. And just going back to my history, knowing that I didn't have access to organic foods or supplements or anything of that nature, the fact that my membership is paying for somebody else out there who wouldn't otherwise be able to afford getting these types of high-grade products. It makes me feel so good to be a part of this company and just to have this partnership with them. So for those of you that are interested, go to www.thrivemarket.com forward slash loved they make it so easy for you to look for what you want. I we we get everything from there now. I mean, I just ordered our dog food from there, which is incredible because we spend a great deal of money <laughs> on dog food and it's so great to be able to again get everything in one place and know that This company is doing all the research and providing the most value they can for everyone. So again, go to www.thrivemarket.com forward slash loved. So let me know what you think. Send me a message. Tell me what you ordered. Send me a screenshot and I'll give you an extra shout out. JP Sears is a life coach and internet comedian. He is known for his satirical parodying of veganism, gluten free fats, new age beliefs and other modern hippie topics with his video series Ultra Spiritual. He has a book that just released by the same name and I was so fortunate to get to talk to him about what his thoughts were behind creating this book, what he thinks about the modern yoga space, and what his plans are next. It was so much fun to talk to him about what his thoughts were and to get his insights. He is such an insightful human, and I just feel so lucky to be a part of his community and for him to be a part of mine. I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear what you thought. Uh, I'd really love just to kind of hear from you to tell, tell our audience what inspired you to write this book.
1: I think one of the inspirations was my own therapy, everything I, that's in the book and honestly everything I do videos on is either very directly or somewhat indirectly, but still related to me and my life. So my videos in my book are therapy for me, first and foremost, uh, quite a selfish motive. <laughs> And I'm okay with that, and I'm I'm thrilled that other people can look in the mirror of my work and hopefully see something about themselves that's there that they were otherwise blind to. So with myself, with my book, I spent 10 years living in Southern California, North County, San Diego, and I was very immersed in the spiritual culture, and it, it was great. And there was also a shadow side that I was living in that I was very unaware of. Yeah, part of the shadow mm-hmm. side is like, we're, we're too precious in order to acknowledge real, authentic stuff going on. We're mm-hmm. too precious to feel our human emotions. So it, it became a very disconnected way of living under the guise of spiritual connection. And, and I didn't really know that was going on until I removed myself from it. Moved to the East Coast of the U.S. about three years ago, and I started to realize, like, wow, I've got a lot of lot of crap here that I've (laughs) been hiding in a noble-looking hiding spot called my spiritual life. But you know what? I I am a very judgmental person. I can be very condescending, and I very narcissistic. Like, I judge myself to be better than people who I judge to be less conscious and i judge myself to be non-judgmental so like all the this stuff that's very much part of the human condition and it's inherently like fine it's okay to be judgmental it's okay to be arrogant but where it became not okay is when i was trying to hide it i think that's a that was me being dishonest with myself mm-hmm. not transparent definitely not authentic So those energies were still inside of me, but they couldn't be expressed vulnerably and transparently because I was inherently trying to hide them at an unconscious level. So they would be expressed in a misdirected way, and I think any time a psychological energy is expressed in a misdirected way, chaos and dysfunction ensues. So I would have so much in the way of control dramas, broken relationships, because I wasn't being honest with myself. So my book was a way of me shining the light on my own shadows for the purpose of taking away my own hiding spots so that I would have to deal with my unresolved issues, wounds, and inner dragons.
0: Mm. And how did the, and how'd that work out for you?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, it sucks. I wish I never... <laughs> Denial is a wonderful thing, Rosie. I think you should write a book on the healing virtues of denial. Yeah, you know, honestly, what, uh, what I want and what I need are oftentimes two different things. So I am very grateful that I gave myself what I needed, looking my inner dragon right in the eyes and standing in the fires of my own self. So in a way, I would say overall, it's worked out wonderfully for me, it's given me much more of me in my life, much more connection to my heart. And there's been a lot of discomfort that comes with it, because mm-hmm. I've taken away a lot of my hiding spots, which means the comfortable hiding spot isn't there anymore. So it's been uncomfortable, and I so value that. If I were, based on my life experience, and I think honestly looking at the lives of people who really inspire me, I would say if there was a one-liner recipe for success, success primarily being defined on a meaningful life, it would be seek discomfort. Mm. Leave what's comfortable and seek discomfort. I've never seen anything that's more correlated with the success of having a meaningful life than uh, that. So it's, it's been very helpful for me to give myself therapeutic, uh, I would say heroic doses of intentional discomfort as I say goodbye to some of the cocoons of my comfort zone.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. That's And it's so true. And I feel... How do you feel like our current you know community of of spirituality i feel that kind of only focuses on that on the surface rarely do you ever feel supported in in the sort of push towards the things that are uncomfortable because everything is so catered around being you know oh just turn it turn it around like be happy change your attitude like yeah, attitude of gratitude,
1: go- right it let it Yeah, and let it go, too. Just let it go.
0: Yeah, just let it go.
1: Yeah. You know, I think the the love and light part of our spiritual culture, New Age culture, the self-help community Mm -hmm. is not just in the spiritual genre. Uh, And by the way, I think a lot of these genres are the same genres, just called different names. (laughs) So I think a lot of the love and light portion, it's got its time and place. And everywhere, every time isn't its time and place, in my opinion. But I also, to be real, understand the love and light stuff, it sells better. Mm -hmm. It's way more appealing and gratifying to our egos, and I get that. Uh, So it sells better. The idea of someone starting a whatever kind of company in the genre where it, it says, you know, we're going to take you to the fires of your own self. You'll never experience more discomfort inside of you. Uh, before. You'll, you'll be the phoenix having who you're not burnt away so the miracle of who you are can arise. But to do that, you're going to have to feel the Fires <laughs> your own emotions. So, uh, do you want to sign up for that program? It's like in a in a way. I mean, it's selling something incredibly meaningful, right? But it's very uncomfortable. I think meaning and discomfort are very related. Oh, to the degree yeah. something's just love and light, comfortable is probably the degree of lack of meaning we'll find there. So, I I think inherently the the feel your fires the real hero's journey of this the work of self-growth in our community it doesn't sell well and in a way it's like yeah awesome this doesn't need to be sold to us Mm -hmm. the fires of our own self nobody can hand those to us we don't need an e-course for that (laughs) they're always inside of us it's a mountain to freaking climb but sometimes we need a mountain guide Yeah, You know, it's like nobody can sell us the mountain of our own self to climb, to find our meaning and purpose in connection to ourself and what's beyond us. Yet sometimes it's like, wow, that mountain, I don't even know how to begin to climb it. So there are guides available and there's mountain guides who who won't uh, pacify us by selling us. Comfort at the expense of further disconnection from ourselves, but also those genuine mountain guides it they 're camouflaged in a sea of mountain guides who only sell love and light so mm. i I 'm not wanting to discount kind of the love and light people, but I do want to say like if they sell love and light cool, they don't sell navigations into our shadow self, right. so let 's just be real like they don 't sell what they don't sell. So it can be hard to distinguish when we need a genuine mountain guide into the shadow of ourself. It can be hard to find. So yeah, long story short, I I think there's far more to to be gained by exploring our shadows and going into the mystery of ourself than there is to uh, affirm what we already know about ourself, to uh, affirm the... The mantras redundantly that we all know and they're awesome, but Mm -hmm. you know it's all love, it's all God, it's all perfect. Everything happens for a reason. I think there's far more to be gained by diving into the dark forest of ourself.
0: Yeah, I think. How do you think we can discern between between the the person that's selling the pacifying route or the person that's prepared? to, to guide us through a tumultuous path?
1: Yeah, I I love that question. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that too. My delusional thoughts is, you know, we probably can't uh, discern to a, you know, a hundred percent accuracy before Mm -hmm. we test drive a coach or a teacher or a, a system. But can we weed out some of the probabilities that won't work probably. Mm-hmm. And I think if if we're talking about a teacher or an individual coach, one of the ways we can start to discern is ask them about their own challenges. Mm. If they can be real and vulnerable and be like, yeah, here's not only my challenges of the past that I've overcome. like We want to be careful about that. It's very trendy for us to all have a story of adversity where we then end the story in a position of triumph. It's right. like cool, true story, but how are you fucked up right now? Right. Like I get it, like you've had challenges in the past. Right. Like do you does that mean you pretend that you don't have current challenges? <laughs> which means you're closed off to further growth. Right. Or like do you have your your triumphant story and I get it, that's important for marketing reasons. I've got mine. <laughs> But can you also be real with, like, what's fucked up in your life right yeah. now? How are you challenged? What's vulnerable in your life now, not five years ago right. when you were 21 sleeping on your sister's couch with $2.75 in your bank account? So I think when a, a, a teacher coach can be unapologetically real and not pretend to have it all figured out, that helps us discern, like, wow, that might be a person who can uh, guide me a little more into my version of that, my vulnerabilities, my shadow. And to me, the the biggest red flag is when uh, someone is so disconnected from themselves that they only portray themselves as being in a position of having it figured out. In other words, they only portray themselves in a position of being in control. It's like, whoa, I don't think growth happens from being in control. I think growth happens from surrendering control and having the courage to face the fear that comes up when we surrender control. Yeah. So, you know, Rosie, that's that's part of my delusional yeah. thought of how we can have some degree of discernment. But, you know, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on that same yeah. question.
0: Yeah. You know, it's it's I totally agree with what you're saying. And I've I've always felt like that. I have a teacher that that I study with and and I I really, I love him. And I think that he's, he's taught me a lot of really great lessons. And one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in that is that is everything that you're saying, it's like the people that you follow, the people that you, that you bring into your life, especially teachers or coaches, what is their life like outside of that realm? Like what kind of life are they really living and are they really, practicing these things or are they just preaching all of this light love and light and then in the background like not really being authentic to who they are I mean I and and I love this so much because for me I'm yes I'm a teacher I'm a yoga teacher trainer I, I lead workshops I do retreats all that good stuff that's what I do it's my passion but at the same time I'm very much a student and I'll be a student before I'm a teacher because that's just that's just the way that that I am and it's like I I've done all these things but oh my god it's so it's challenging there's there's especially right now so I'm in the middle of this yoga tour with yoga journal we're we're traveling across the states uh for the lat well for six months we start in April so this is about the halfway point cool and the idea is to sort of expose the yoga culture as it moves from east to west and we get to meet different communities and see how yoga is different in the east coast and midwest and we were in the south and now we're doing the west coast and you know it's it's really incredible and uh, on the outside people see this like oh you're traveling and you're getting to meet these yogis and you're going to the juice bar and you're doing all these things but i'm like but this is really challenging it's challenging to see this like exactly we were saying the culture of of spirituality and how disconnected it really is not only is it hard to see and to experience but it's also confronting for me because i'm like is this really what i want to be doing right now like am i am i contributing to the problem like am i part of the problem and it's like and it's it's not an easy thing to to uh to resolve You know, and, and it's, of course it's challenging and, and I've, I've, I'll be the first one to be like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Like, (laughs) I have no idea, but I'm like, Hey, there's, there's some, some things I do know. And what I know for a fact is that these practices that have been around for centuries, there's something to them. I haven't quite fully figured it out yet. There's some things that I, that have worked for me and, and that I really love and that I love to study. But there are some things that I I don't know. And I like not knowing because it it gives me an opportunity to just discover that and to be uncomfortable, JP. I love that you're talking about that because I literally was having this conversation the other day with somebody that I met on on one of the tour stops. We're talking about being uncomfortable and how important it is for us to really sort of confront those challenges and and be okay with being being uncomfortable it's like that's what that's what creates the resilience in us it's what creates our character and I mean if life was just easy all the time and we're trying to we're talking about spiritual bypassing right and just like bypassing all like the the shadow side that you're talking about and it it was just something that I felt like was was a, a topic that's not covered enough and and funny enough I think that your book really sort of speaks to that. And and that's why I was like, Oh, this is it. Like, this is exactly what's missing. Like, we're missing this element. We're ignoring these things. Like, we're not talking about the fact that these things happen. And it's not that serious. And it is serious. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I don't know. Does it answer your question? I feel like it I'm kind of like, just in that same quandary, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think it does. And You know, part of what I love what you said about yourself, and I think it applies to certainly any person who we're potentially looking to invest in and learn from and Mm -hmm. maybe have them be to some degree a a mountain guide for us, is their ability to say, I don't know. Like, I I love how you said, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. (laughs) And and I think, you know, one of the old paradoxes, those who don't know they're the ones in a place of knowing not a, a place of knowing from certainty but a place of knowing through curiosity which i think is like a higher vibe than certainty and then those who portray themselves as knowing are the ones who truly don't know so i think a a great quality of anybody to to clue us in like wow they might actually live from their adventurous heart rather than their their defended ego is their ability to say i don't know Mm-hmm. And and when you're talking about discomfort, I think that is a big component that real yoga teaches. And I think real yoga, like what whatever whatever I mean by that, I mean uh, I'm probably not talking about just pretentious strip mall yoga, but real yoga in the sense of like we we take the yoga into our life, not just the one hour class so i think real yoga teaches us to breathe with discomfort which inherently means discomfort is okay go towards it don't try to fight it because we know when we're doing our yoga session if we try to fight the discomfort we're we're going to be holding our breath and that inherently just it makes the discomfort less comfortable but i think it's teaching us really the the call it the cure the path of healing and growth comes when we embrace the discomfort and we do that metaphorically and literally during yoga through our breath and if it's real yoga then i think it it teaches us to take those yoga principles and apply them when we're not doing yoga and to me it's the same thing with meditation can you be meditative when you're not meditating if you can only be meditative when you're meditate when you're meditating, then I don't think you're getting good results. But when we can be meditative when what's going on in us around us isn't meditative, it's not tranquil with like a little rain soundtrack in the background and <laughs> everything else is quiet. Like that's it's easy to meditate yeah, there. Exactly, it, and can we take that and learn how to be meditative when we're like living this adventure called our life, not disconnecting from life for 20 minutes to have everything controlled and the rain soundtrack on? Like to me, that's disconnecting from life. But can we go there to like disconnect temporarily to then take the virtues of meditation into our real life? And I think it's same thing with yoga. And I think that all applies to discomfort can we take the meditation the yoga principles towards the real genuine authentic discomfort in our life if so i think we'll have more meaning and more connection with ourselves and more growth in my opinion
0: yeah i mean i'm i am going to have to agree agree with you because i i totally believe the exact same thing why do you think we there's so much in, in the community that's all about that, that thrives on the foundation of connection and union. Why does it still feel like we're so disconnected?
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, I love how you like, let's honor your feeling. And I've got some similar feeling, the feeling of why does it feel Mm -hmm. like we're so disconnected? Yeah. I think if honor that it, it is just, priceless like wow the wisdom of your feelings says like i feel disconnected in this community there's a lot of talk of connection Mm -hmm. a lot of rituals of connection but that doesn't necessarily mean there's connection it might mean there's talk of connection real connection and always talking about connection and community are very different things and i think it can also be the the superficial talk about it it creates connection on the surface but not necessarily depth of connection where we're connected from our freaking hearts so yeah i think i think there's a big difference and i i always honor a person like if you're in a place where a lot of connections talked about but you don't feel connection don't betray yourself like honor like this doesn't feel connected to me I think that's very, very important. Yeah. And yeah, I I think real connection means we're we're not just connecting in an agreement based fashion. I think when we're one of the dangers of being around like minded people is we can get into agreement based relationships, which means we're gonna talk about the things we agree about. We're gonna really celebrate those and encourage those. And uh, we'll be disconnected about everything else because we're gonna pretend like it's not there. And I think that's a danger because that means we're not wholeheartedly in it. We're only presenting what's agreeable. And that's one of the dangers of a community that's based on like-minded values. But I think when we can have a like-hearted community, it's much more of an acceptance-based community not agreement-based. So acceptance-based means uh, I'll accept you whether you agree with me or disagree with me. Like we we don't all have to think the same way. Right. We don't all have to be brainwashed the same way to accept each other. And I think acceptance facilitates connection. Agreement doesn't facilitate connection, in my opinion.
0: I want to talk to you about giving us some tips to maybe well, how, instead of giving us tips, how about I'm like asking for a friend I'm asking for myself really when I'm feeling disconnected or if I'm in an, in a, in a place where I feel disconnected from my community or where I am what would be a good thing for me to do? Do I address it? Do I start being like, "Hey, what's wrong with you guys?" Or I'm like, "Hey, what's wrong with me?" <laughs> like, how would
1: yeah, I... I, I I think me is the best place to start. You know, the so if we feel disconnected from the community, let's start with ourselves and let that be a story about ourselves that we're projecting onto our community. Mm-hmm. So, in other words. Uh, start with how am I disconnected right now from me, and and I think always going for feelings is the way to reconnect. We don't connect through our thinking uh, or our intellectual understanding. We connect through feelings. So, what am I feeling right now? What am I really feeling right now? And then when we when I come up with that. What am I feeling under that? So that's searching for feelings. Carl Jung has said feelings are the language of our soul. And if that's halfway right, I would dare say, like, okay, if we like if we acknowledge the language of our soul, like that's a real connection mm-hmm. right there. and and when I say go after our feelings, I'm not talking about what do we, quote unquote, feel is happening, and then we come up with a story that has zero to do with our feelings. It's just an intellectual, <laughs> story disguised as feelings to justify our disconnection from our feelings but like what is the body sensation i'm feeling right now is it heat in my chest is it emptiness in my stomach is it tingling here is it throbbing here in addition to the body sensations is there a dominant emotion is there sadness is there anger is there fear so Getting personal with it, I think, is always the best place to start. And then maybe from there, go into, okay, what am I feeling with the community? But I I personally find, Rosie, one of my defense mechanisms that part of me always wants to deploy is looking at the other, whether it's the other person or the other as in the tribe, the community, what, what's going on there as a way of distracting me from the internal Mm -hmm. world of my own feelings so that that can be a way for me to bypass myself so i think always starting with ourselves with the fundamental primal feelings of body sensations and emotions to me i find the most value there
0: yeah oh i love that that's so true I have uh, a couple more questions to ask you. Um, And this is just, it's one of them, actually. I kind of want to go back to what you said at the beginning, how we have our narrative. And I think everybody does, right? Everybody has their story. Everyone has their narrative. How important is it? And why do you think we choose that to be our representative?
1: Mm. The the. The kind of personal story yeah. of triumph. Yeah, you know, I think. Well, marketing-wise, some people would answer that as like, "Well, I make more money because of that." Mm. So I think honestly, that's that's some people's reason why they have that as their representative. And I think why that works, it, which also points to the uh, another reason why some of us would have that is, it, it allows more connection to be made. Yeah. You know, people connect to stories, not statistics. There's a reason why we sit around camp. Yeah, you know, the proverbial campfires. Not that anybody really has those anymore, especially in Southern California. It's like, oh, you're going to cause a wildfire, right? So don't do that. So why we sit around the proverbial campfires, telling stories, is it helps us connect more to our tribe and honestly to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we don't we don't sit around the campfire sharing statistics because there's, yeah, it's like, that's information. It's not connection. It's not communication. So I think stories give us the potential to connect. And honestly, uh, I I would also say there's a shadow side. We can disconnect through stories. You know, we can disconnect from what's real and authentic to us by selling a story of manipulation Where we sell a story of who we want to be rather than who we really are, that can disconnect us from ourselves truly, and that can actually be a force of disconnection from other people because we're not giving them the surface area of our real self to connect to, because we're just giving them the surface area of a facade to connect to as presented through a story. So, I to me, it's important to be aware. Like a story is amazing; it's wonderful. And it also has the potential to be the opposite. So I think there's great power potential in a story, and we have to be aware it can be constructive or destructive. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm. What In your life currently, what area in your life do you feel the most free? And is Mm. freedom important to you?
1: Yeah, I... uh, it is. It would scare me if it wasn't. <laughs> and honestly, you know, I'm more screwed up than I think. I think to a part of me, freedom is scary. You know, it, there's yeah. a reason why you, someone gets out of prison and sometimes within hours they're back in jail. Freedom sounds just so just so fairy tale enticing on paper. But why do all of us to one degree or another create a cage of self-sabotage to keep ourselves small. And I think it's because to the degree we're free is the degree that we're experiencing fear. The baby bird falling out of the nest for the first time, that's freedom. And it's probably scaring the baby bird to death. It could be in the nest its whole life and not be afraid, but it would be robbed of freedom. So there's a part of me that probably loves to suffocate myself in the coffin of my uh, cage of my comfort zone yeah. and thank God there's another part of me who stands for something more so yes the, the, hopefully the bigger part of me loves freedom uh, so where do I ex- actually getting your question Jesus JP can you <laughs> just answer a question <laughs> no this is good uh, apparently I can't Well, I think I experience a lot of freedom and it's been earned it, it, it hasn't come just like easily handed to me in the realm of creativity to me creativity that that I can't say enough about what that does for me in terms of giving me a sense of inner fulfillment inspiration fascination to me it's a perpetual dipping my my being into a complete realm of a mystery because if I'm not in a mysterious realm of creativity, then it's not creativity. It's just duplicating something that's already been done and that's not creative. So I I think mystery in the realm of the unknown enlivens my human heart. I think it scares my ego, but enlivens my heart and my soul. And and it makes me feel connected to... Something greater than me. I my story is that creativity doesn't come from us; it comes through us and from something greater than ourselves. So, to me, there's a a, a intangible feeling of connection to something greater than me when I'm in my creative space, and there's just that's freedom for me, uh, creativity.
0: Oh, that's, and we can all get to experience it, and we all do. So thank you for thank you for that. We we all get to reap the benefits from your creativity. So that's that's oh, a gift well, for you. us. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give your 15 year old self?
1: Mm. I would uh, I would uh, here's what I would tell 15-year-old JP, face your insecurities. Don't avoid it. And I would tell him, you, you are insecure. You're allowed to be. It's actually freaking natural. And, and it is scary. And I'd encourage you to face the fears of your insecurity instead of pretending that you're not insecure there's a lot of you there's a lot of life there's a lot of adventures that you are avoiding because you know they will provoke your insecurities you're deathly afraid of having your insecurities be seen but i would tell him i can see them they're there i love you anyway please face them
0: what advice would your 80 year old self give JP now?
1: Mm, I love that. I think he, (laughs) I, I wouldn't be surprised if he'd tell me you don't have a clue. You, (laughs) you really don't. And it's okay. You, you don't have anything figured out. Sometimes you acknowledge that. Sometimes you pretend you do have it figured out, but you don't. Uh, your life is an adventure much bigger than what you can comprehend. So I think he would tell me do your best to be okay, not having it figured out, not being in control, and not knowing.
0: 80-year-old JP is going to be awesome. I can't wait to be friends with him. He's going to be great.
1: Yeah, well, I think what 80-year-old JP would really tell me is, you're so full of shit. You think I would tell you that? <laughs> No, that's would tell you. I would tell you something far wiser than that. <laughs> but, and you didn't even listen to it. I already told you you didn't listen to but you don't remember. But, oh, well, JP's got some passion. I like that.
0: Yeah, it's good. Well, JP, I, I'm coming down to the final questions, and I I want to respect your time. Um, and a part of the last question is is really about this forum, and I know that this is our fir- the first conversation of many. I pray. Um, and I created the podcast as a, an opportunity for me to. Not only talk to people that I really admire and look up to, but just people that I, I feel are the living embodiment of of what union or yoga really is. So uh, and it's with this idea that we are loved and supported by God, universe, baby Krishna, uh, baby Buddha or whatever, whatever higher power of your understanding, we are fully supported. And we are radically loved. So the questions, the final questions to you are, uh, the first one is how do you feel that radical love or how do you feel radically loved? And the second one is what do you radically love?
1: I think I am i feel the most radically loved. Uh, there, there's two parts to this. First is I feel most radically loved by myself when uh, when I voice my voice with no abandon, no concern of is this going to get me approval or disapproval. It's like, wow, I am honoring me right now. Love that. And then I feel most, most loved by other people when they accept me for who i am not what i do not what i've accomplished not what they agree with me about but when i feel that they're accepting me for who i am i think that's a a, a great feeling of love uh, or a great fingerprint of love i think maybe love is beyond the scope of a feeling and what do i love the most i it's good, I, I think I love a lot and I'm definitely a judgmental bastard and probably despise plenty, but there's a lot that I love and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to creativity and where creativity points me, which seemingly is this connection to something greater than me. So I I love creativity and what it connects me to. Hmm.
0: Oh, JP, that's so amazing. I, I just want to stay on the phone with you and talk about like 10 other things that I wanted to talk to you about. <laughs> like, we didn't even get to like talk about my favorite chapters in which you describe the different the different types of yoga. <laughs> but um, where can the people that are listening... Uh, Thank you so much for being part of the show. And to you, JP, thank you so much for agreeing to do this and for doing all the work that you do and for being an inspiration to me and for just being uh, a radical human being. Um, thank you for that.
1: Oh, you're, you're welcome, Rosie. You've got an absolutely wonderful heart. So I, I so appreciate Aww. you and I appreciate you and your gratitude for me. It feels really good.
0: Well, thank you. I'll, I'll take that. Where can people go to get more information about you or to get your book and how can they connect with you outside of that?
1: Yeah, I'd say the single best place uh, to connect with me is uh, online, social media. All my handles are AwakenWithJP. Uh, Facebook and YouTube are the places I'm regularly uploading videos. So I'm also on all the other usual places of suspicion on social media <laughs> awaken with jp and then if if you're inspired to grab my book just amazon uh, wherever you want to get a book from is the best place to get the book
0: this is like just so you know i'm i'm actually le- i'm going to be leading a teacher training early next year and this is going to be part of the required fees <laughs> I love that. And I don't
1: know <laughs> if that's irresponsible of you or awesome of nah, you, but thank you, know, you.
0: We'll see. I'm like, we'll see. It doesn't matter. I'm going to be unapologetic, just like you said. I'm just going to be be me. So um, for everyone listening right now, if you want all the links that JP just said, if you click on the show notes, all the links will be on there and you can follow him on all the social media places, as well as uh, buy the book you go to the show notes there will be a link directly where you can order the book which you have to get um is there anything else that you'd like to share with us
1: well yeah yeah i would just like to share you whoever you are uh, listening to this you are bigger than the path that you're on i think a lot of us here could identify A bit and maybe completely with the yoga path Mm -hmm. spiritual path maybe even but I I think we we limit ourselves when we start worshiping the path that we're on can we use the path we're on as a tool that we're just as happy to discard at times as we were happy to pick it up We, we pick up tools when they serve us and we put tools down when they're not serving us in the given moment so I, I think people play it small when they limit themselves to just the path through worshiping the path. Can, can we be grateful for a path, but worship something far bigger than the path? Which I think is ultimately where the path takes us to. So yeah, that's, that's my delusional opinion to say <laughs> we are all bigger than the path we're on. I,
0: I love that opinion. I'll, I'll go with that thank you jp <laughs> you're, you're
1: amazing you're welcome rosie i'm already you. looking for the, for the next time you and i get a chance to talk
0: me too i'm so excited hey everyone i hope you enjoyed this episode i am so excited to continue to do this please share this with your friends email us message us on instagram at rosie acosta or on twitter at rosie acosta subscribe on itunes write a review We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks
1: for listening.